0: Chapter Twelve of Quiet Hints to Growing Preachers in My Study. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Quiet Hints to Growing Preachers in My Study by Charles Edward Jefferson. Chapter Twelve Building the Tower. A church likes to feel itself in the grip of a man who knows not only where he is going, but also by what stages the goal can in all probability best be reached. Wretched, indeed, is the predicament of a congregation whose leader is a man with a higglety-pigglety mind, and with no ascertainable ambition but to keep the sermonic mill grinding through the year. A minister should live and move and have his being within the four corners of a far-reaching, constructive purpose. All his work should be done with an eye single to some one glorious end marvelous is the transfiguring power of a purpose held firmly in the preacher's mind language cuts with a keener edge ideas burn with a hotter flame sermons no longer isolated and unrelated become confederates in a holy cause joining hand in hand to pull down the strongholds of evil and lift men to the upper heights some men's sermons are only bushwhackers fighting a desultory and bewildering skirmish other men's sermons sweep through the year like a well-disciplined battalion going forth to fight the battles of the lord to one preacher sermons are variegated beads loosely strung together on sabbatic thread to another they are constituent parts of an organic and growing whole it is only when the sermons become connected chapters of a continuous story the aim of which is clearly in the preacher's mind THAT THE HEART LIFE OF A CONGREGATION IS SYMMETRICALLY DEVELOPED AND THE PARISH BUILT UP FOURSQUARE IN RIGHTEOUSNESS. MINISTERS OF CHRIST ARE CHURCH BUILDERS, AND THE ARCHITECTONIC GIFT IS ONE OF THE MOST VALUABLE OF THE GIFTS BESTOWED BY THE ETERNAL SPIRIT. A PREACHER SHOULD HAVE THE INSTINCT AND SKILL OF THE BUILDER. WHAT MATERIALS, AND IN WHAT QUANTITY, AND IN WHAT PROPORTIONS, AND AT WHAT TIMES, AND IN WHAT PLACES. These are questions as important in spiritual church-building as in the erection of structures of brick and steel. But they are questions which, in many a parish, are slighted or ignored. The master said that any man about to build a tower ought to first calculate the cost. This preliminary investigation and estimate is an indispensable part of the work. The preacher is a tower-builder, but not every preacher seems to be aware of the fact. The most patent fact to some men is that two new sermons must be gotten ready every week. Like avenging furies, these sermons drive their victims through the days and nights, and whether they will carry on and complete the work which preceding sermons have begun, or prepare the way, like John the Baptist, for other sermons not yet arrived, is a question for whose consideration the hurried hours allow no opportunity. A man thus harassed may become so absorbed in the work of preparing bricks and mortar for his tower, that no time is left for the consideration of its architectural proportions, or for thought concerning the eternal laws in obedience to which all lasting structures must be built. This lack of forethought and design is painfully apparent in many men, whose gifts are conspicuous, and whose success might be increased a hundredfold if they should form the habit of building the months and years into a plan. Such a habit systematizes the study and thought of the preacher, and gives him a poise and power not otherwise obtainable. It is the misfortune of many men that they fear to take hold of large things. Their texts and themes and outlooks and projects and problems are too small to develop themselves or inspire a congregation. A man may tempt himself by setting before him a block of five or ten years, and saying to himself, By the help of God I will carve out of this huge block of time the loveliest and greatest piece of work of which my powers are capable. By fixing his eyes not on next Sunday, but on a Sunday ten years away, he will walk with a new tread under a new heaven and across a new earth. Lift up your eyes then, brethren, and take in the years which are to be every preacher ought to see clearly at least one year ahead of him if he can see five it is still better if he blinds his eyes in the dust of the immediate present and allows life to become a haggard scramble for two new sermons for the coming sabbath he not only stunts his own intellectual development but dwarfs the spiritual stature of his church every preacher should have a church year this is well nigh indispensable If he does not like the one laid down in the book of the churches which retain the traditions of the fathers, let him make one of his own. If he does not map out his scripture lessons in advance, he will find himself reading the same passages again and again, passing over large sections of Holy Writ, which his people need. It is only by painstaking planning that a minister can secure variety in his pulpit themes. Unless he takes time to recall his sermons of last year— and to organize into a schedule the sermons of the coming year, he will almost invariably cultivate some narrow field to which his own tastes incline him, ignoring wide domains of revelation, which are never neglected save at the sacrifice of health and growth. He will fail also to present truth in its true proportions. There are certain facts of the Christian revelation which ought to be presented to a congregation every year. There are a few principles of conduct so central to Christianity, and so vital to spiritual health, that no year should pass without the preacher bringing to their unfoldment the united strength of all his powers. Without prearrangement, these vital matters will be slurred or crowded completely out. Not only are the phases of truth manifold, but the methods of presentation are almost numberless these should be employed in such a way as to give variety and refreshment. Some preachers are intolerably monotonous, because they invariably appeal to the same faculties, and deal always with the same type of doctrine. If they would sit down at the beginning of each year, and make a careful diagnosis of the spiritual condition of their people, noting the dispositions to be curbed, the tempers to be nourished, the errors to be choked, the truths to be enthroned, the vices to be starved, the virtues to be cultivated, and then map out the year as a general outlines a campaign, appointing a definite number of sermons for the accomplishment of each particular design, and arranging the sermons in a sequence which will secure both continuity and momentum, and at the same time allow relaxation, both to the preacher and the hearer, by calling into exercise new combinations of faculties by the presentation of diverse but related realms of truth. He will not only find himself doing his work with increased facility and joy, but he will see the spiritual life of his parish passing under his hand into those forms of beauty and power which he beheld first in vision, and which by the cooperation of God are now embodied in the life of humanity, to the glory of his blessed name. End of chapter 12